Amen. I'm gonna try to <clears throat> I'm gonna try to do the best that I can. Amen. So here this morning, and if you grab your swords, take your Bible, whatever you want to call it this morning. How many know this is a sword? How many know this is a sword? So here this morning, grab your swords and turn to the book of Isaiah. Here this morning. <coughs> Praise the Lord. And this message that I'm going to speak with you, to speak to you this morning, is a little weird for me, I think. Hopefully it won't be weird for you. Amen. The book of Isaiah, chapter 9, this morning. How do you know the book of Isaiah is a pretty deep book? A lot of things go on in the book of Isaiah. And, uh, I mean, you can do probably a whole year-long series on the book of Isaiah on so many different things. But there is one particular thing that I want to focus on here this morning. And I know right now we are in the time of Christmas. We are in the time of the Christmas holidays, the Christmas season. And I know there's a lot of different emotions that happen within this season. Can I hear an amen? There's a lot of depression. There's a lot of oppression. There's a lot of, believe it or not, there's even suicides that happen within this season. Even though this is a season of joy. This is supposed to be a season of, even for some, for new birth. Amen. This is when our Savior came in to this world, was on, during Christmas. So this is a season that has a lot of different emotions wrapped up in it. Amen. Kind of wrapped up in it. Amen. Right? It's like a, a present. Praise the Lord. But for some of us, that thing that's wrapped up, the emotions that's wrapped up, it might not be a good thing. Again, some of us are going through depression, even here this morning. So hopefully, God is going to speak to you this morning. Amen. I mean, how do you know that in the Bible, they refer to God as a lot of different things? A lot of different names that they refer to God as in the Bible. And if you go out into the world today and you're to talk to people and say, uh, you know who God is. And they say, oh, yeah, I know God. I know who God is. Um, and that's really all they know him as, God. Praise the Lord. I just, that's who, that's it. And you say, oh, okay. But they only know him as that, as he's God. Well, who is God? They say, well, he's, he's God, right? But how many know that God is known as a lot of more different things than just God? He has more names than that. Praise the Lord. You can go ahead and have your seat here this morning. Keep your Bibles open, though. Praise God. But there's a lot of different names that he's known. A lot of us, even some of us here this morning, used to be known by different names. Come on, don't raise your hand here this morning. Amen. They used to call those uh, aliases or AKA. Amen. But how many know that God has a lot of different names that he's known by? But these different names are different characteristics of who he is. Can I hear an amen this morning? So here this morning, you got to know God more than just as God. you got to know him as more than that. And here this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Because the reason that he has so many different names, the reason why the Bible gives him so many different names, or the reason why uh, the different people in the Bible gave him different names was because there were different things that they were going through. Right? How many know we go through a lot of different things? You go through different circumstances, different trials, different tribulations, even go through the good things. Amen? We don't always go through bad things, but we go even go through the good things. And even in those times, we still need to call him by a different name. Can I hear an amen? Because we go through different situations, we go through different circumstances in our lives. But here this morning, my question for you is, who do you call him? Who are you calling him this morning? Now there in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, in verse 6, when you're there, give me a loud Amen. The Bible says, for to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And there's a lot of different names, more names than just that. But here this morning, we're going to focus on those right here. We're actually going to focus on one of them. But the Bible says, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And let me give you a little bit of background on what's happening here in the book of Isaiah. I'm not going to get all deep and theological about what's, what was happening. But just to paraphrase or just to kind of give you a real quick story, is that here in Isaiah's time, during this time in the Bible, there was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of things happening. And the nation had sunk into their own version of a famine. Not a physical famine, not something physical where they didn't have any food, but it was a spiritual famine. They were having a spiritual famine here, this portion of Scripture, in this book of Isaiah. It was a famine of hope, and it was a famine of God. Are you with me here this morning? Now, even now in this society that we're in today, we're even a little hungry ourselves. Can I hear an amen? And I don't mean hungry for food. I'm talking about a spiritual hunger, a spiritual hunger, just like here in the book of Isaiah. They were going through a famine of spiritual. They didn't have a hunger, or they had a hunger for something, but they just didn't know what it was, or maybe they did. So I mean, a lot of times when we're going through things and we need something, we kind of have a tendency to know, we know what we need, right? We know where we need to go, but for some reason we don't go there. Hello. But see, even in here in Isaiah, they had turned to everything else in their despair but to God. They turned to everything else or anybody they could find, but they didn't turn to God. Sound familiar? Well, I know it does for me. There might even be some people here this morning, you say, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've turned to many different things. I might be going through something right now. Anybody here going through something? Come on now, let's be honest. We're in church this morning. If you're going through it's okay. Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God. I'm going through it. Amen? But we have a tendency to turn to other things. And it's crazy because you're like, we know where to go, right? We know where we got to go to get what we need in our spiritual famine. We know that if we're spiritually dry or we're spiritually anorexic, if you will, we know exactly where we got to go. But for some reason, we go everywhere else. We go talk to everybody. We talk to our Ninas, our Ninos, our Nonos, our Titos, or whatever it might be. We go everywhere. We, you know, we go wherever we got to go but where we need to go. Are you with me this morning? Again, some of us are going through a famine right now, a spiritual famine, our own personal famine. Again, we turn to everything that there is. It, you know, even when a financial famine, some of us are going through a financial famine. Hello, right? And, you know, we, we turn to checking the cash, right? We check into the check center, or we check into all these different things because we think this is going to fix me. This is going to take care of me. This is going to meet my need. But how many know that all that stuff is temporary? All that stuff is temporary. God wants to give you something that's eternal. Are you with me here this morning? How many guys want something eternal? And you might be feeling all dark inside here this morning, and you might even be doubting or even wondering if God is going to really show up and if he's going to come through for you. Some of us get caught up, caught up in that, you know, well, when it comes to God, you know God is. He's the God of a come through. He's going to come through for me. God wants to be more than just that. God doesn't want to be the one that's, you know, your last resort. Okay, God, you got to come through. You've tried everything else. You've gone to the bank. You know, you've gone to your, your uncle, your aunt. You've gone to, you know, your best friends at work. And you've gone everywhere you can. And finally, you come down to, okay, God, you got to come through. God doesn't want to be the God of a come through. He doesn't want to be your last resort. But will God still come through? Okay. How many know that our God is a gentleman? Right? 
He's going to come through, but he doesn't want to be the last on the list. He's not saying, why are you waiting? To, why are you wait? Come to me in the beginning. As soon as you start going through it, come to me, and I'll make a way for you. You might be all messed up here this morning. You might look good on the outside because you guys look good on the outside this morning. Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Praise the Lord. You guys look good on the outside. But on the inside, some of you might be all messed up right now. Amen. It's okay. It happens. We all get messed up from time to time. How many, cause we, how many know that we're never all together? We always got a little bit of something messed up going on within us. Praise the Lord. And God, I think God does it on purpose because that way you know, we, we learn that we always need him. It's always, we always have a, we always should have a desire for him. And the way he, I think he brings that desire around is he keeps us a little messed up. <laughs> Amen. He keeps us a little messed up once in a while. It's kind of like a, you take your car to a mechanic and they always fix one thing, but there's something they see that says, you know what, that needs to be fixed, but I'm not going to fix it because then they'll come back. <laughs> I'm just saying. Praise the Lord. And I'm, not, I'm not trying to down any mechanics. Praise God. But I think God does that some, to us sometimes. He says, you know what, and I need them to keep coming to me. Because I'm their answer. I'm the one that's going to provide. I'm going to be the one that's going to see them through. So sometimes I think I need to bring a little bit of something in their life. I need a, maybe a little bit of messed upness in there. I don't know if that's a word. Messed upness. A little bit of turmoil or chaos within their lives every once in a while so that they'll come back to me. Amen. Sometimes I think he does that. It's not biblical. Praise the Lord. So don't say, well, Pastor Dovey said. No, it's not biblical. But I, so I just think that sometimes. Amen. And it's okay. But you might be all messed up on the inside here this morning. You might say, you know what? Where is God? Where is he? I hear about him in the Bible. They talk about him from the pulpit, right? But where is he? You might be going through a financial trouble right now. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe, you're, you know, maybe they want to take your house. Maybe they want to take your car. Maybe, you know, your bills are not paid, and you're asking, where is God? Well, let me tell you, my friend, it's right there on the edge of that darkness that you might be on right now. Because how do you know sometimes we get on the edge of darkness? And we, we were standing there, we're looking over, and it's dark. We're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm telling you right now, it's right there on the edge of that darkness that God is going to reveal himself to you. Sometimes he'll take us right to the edge when we can't see anything else but him. Are you with me? Right there on the edge of darkness where God is going to reveal his marvelous light. Are you with me here this morning? Because there in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 2, the Bible says that those in darkness will see a great light. And here this morning, I'm here to encourage you. If you're going through it and you're standing on the edge right now and all you can see is darkness, all you got to do is look up and there's the light. But sometimes all we can focus on is the darkness. We keep our heads down, looking at our problems, looking at our circumstances. Guys, said, just put your head up. Come on, put your head up this morning and look. Because the Bible says that those in darkness will see a great light. And there and also in verse 3, the Bible says joy will replace despair. And this is especially during this season, there's a lot of despair going on. I'm telling you, there's a lot of suicides are going to happen. You know, it's just, it's crazy. But the Bible says that joy will place, replace despair. And joy only comes from the Lord. And also in verse 4, the Bible says that the enemy's power will be broken. Oh, come on, you need to get excited about that this morning. Come on. That the enemy's power will be broken. Praise the Lord. So there's going to be a light. In your darkness, whatever you might be going through, I'm here to encourage you. There's going to be a light. I'm also here to tell you that joy is an inner security. It's an inner security knowing that, you know what, I'm holding the ace in my pocket. Or if you're a card player, up my sleeve. Hallelujah. How many know Jesus is our ace? He's our ace in the hole. doesn't matter what you're going through. <coughs> and all of these different things, the peace, the power, and the light 
all of these different things that we're talking about this morning, they're beyond us. They're beyond and outside of our ability to make happen on our own. How many know that we can't bring any of that on our own, on our own power? Can I hear an amen? We can't create that kind of light in our lives. We can't create that kind of joy. We can't manufacture it. You know, we can jump up and down, we can sing songs, but if we don't have Jesus in our heart, if we don't have that in us, if we don't have him in our lives, you can't create that. You can't create that kind of light. You can't create that kind of joy. All you can create is happiness, and happiness doesn't come from God. Happiness might come from people or, or situations or happenings. But I'm talking about true joy. The Bible says that joy comes in the morning. Amen. When you're going through it, you've been going through it, you're about ready to give up. The Bible says that joy comes in the morning, but it only comes through him. And the power that's going to break Satan's, Satan's chains can only come from him. No other power can we create on our own. I've tried. I've done all kinds. i tried to get off drugs for years. i tried to do different things to change my life for years. I tried to break Satan's hold on me, but it wasn't until the power of Jesus Christ came into my life right there in the men's home that I was able to change. And that's the power that I'm talking about here this morning. We can't manufacture that. You can't make that kind of power. It only comes from heaven. Can I hear an amen? If you believe that, give Jesus a hand of praise. We can't create it. And it's a shame, too, especially during this time of the season, a lot of Christians, as a matter of fact, not just not unbelievers, but Christians, they've They've kind of killed off Jesus in a sense. And this is what I mean. They've kind of traded him in, the, the Jesus, the God of the Bible. right? You read the Bible and you read about how, who God is and how he operates. And, but you go out into the world today and you talk to different Christians and people that say they're Christians. And they've kind of traded him in for this like fuzzy teddy bear Jesus that, you know, uh, I don't know how to say it. He's kind of fuzzy and warm, and, but he doesn't have any power. And, and it's come from Christians. That say, oh, Jesus loves you, and he just wants to hug you and wrap his arm. And it's all true. Don't get me wrong. All that is true. Amen. But there's a lot more. There's a lot more to him than just that. Oh, we need the, we need the love. We need the fuzzy. We need all that. But I'm telling you here this morning, sometimes we know we're beyond that right now maybe. You say, you know what, I've already I got the love of Jesus in me. I've had that, but I need some power this morning. I need some mighty God power in my life. You can't trade him in. You can't trade him in. Some of us, have, we've thrust God out of his seat. How many know that he's seated on the right hand of God? He's up there with God. With some of us, we've kicked him out of that seat. Amen? And we've replaced him with some beaten down, politically correct, all-affirming God of love. How many know God does affirm us? He loves us. But I'm telling you, we need power this morning. We need the awesome power of God within our lives if we're going to change. If we're going to be able to make it through the season, some of us, we're going to need that. We're going to need the awesome power of God. Can I hear an amen? Verse 6 says that Jesus will be called Mighty God. Somebody say Mighty God. We need Mighty God. I'm telling you that Jesus is a superhero this morning. Amen. Come on, Brother Ray. He's, he's going to come out and he's going to have like a, things going to have a J on right here. He ain't got, come on, Superman ain't got nothing on Jesus. Praise the Lord. Because that's what mighty is. Mighty is, is a hero, a strong, valiant warrior, a proven warrior. How many know that Jesus is a proven warrior? Amen. He's not some fable or something we, we hear about. He's proven. He's proven himself as a warrior, as a hero. And he's uh, not just a hero, but he's unafraid to go to battle. How many know that Jesus ain't afraid of a fight? Some of you guys in here, were you guys were never afraid of a fight. Oh, come on. Don't raise your hand this morning. Some of you guys, it was a drop of a hat. You were, it was on. Well, I'm telling you, when it comes to our Jesus... Our mighty God, Jesus, he's not afraid to go to fight for you. It doesn't matter how big or how small the trial might be, he's not afraid. Amen? 
He's one of high-ranking power who is expected to lead the battle. you got to expect him to lead the battle. You can't just say, well, I wonder if he's going to go before me. I wonder if he's going to fight for me. No, God is going to fight for you. Jesus is going to fight for you. Your mighty God is going to fight for you. But that's how you need to know him. you got to know him as mighty God because the Bible says that's one of his names. He's not just God. What, what is that? Well, who is God? Oh, you ask some he's God. Okay, but who is he? Mighty God, everlasting, Prince of Peace. That's who my God is. Whatever you're going through, you need to call out his name. If you need peace in your life, you say, you know what? I need the Prince of Peace in my life this morning, man. My kids are still out there running the streets. I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. My mind's going crazy. I need the Prince of Peace this morning. Amen. And that's when he's going to show up. He's going to say, it's okay. I'm with you. I'm going to take care of you kids. Just be faithful. But you got to call him by name. He's not afraid to, to get in a fight, amen? And if you read the Bible, you read all about his, his rumbles, amen? There's all kinds of them in here, praise the Lord. I think he was a, he was a gang member, amen? <laughs> yeah, I think he, Jesus was a gang God was a gang member, praise the Lord. He wasn't afraid to throw down. It was on. But you read all throughout the Bible, he, he always say, well, God went before them, right? You read Joshua, God went before them. He said, go ahead, I've already gone before you, praise the Lord. How many that, you need a God like that? You need a God that's already gone before you. He's already knocking down walls. He's already beat up the enemy for you. All you got to do is walk in, amen, and take, you know, and, and take that victory and say, you know what? I'm here to claim what God has given me. How many guys know God has given you the victory? He's already done battle. He's already gotten to fight for you. But sometimes we walk around all defeated. It's like, why are you, why are you defeated? He's the one that went to battle. He's the one that's fighting for you. We don't have the right to be defeated. He's given us the victory. How dare you be defeated when God has already given you the victory? Because he's a mighty God. Somebody say mighty God. The Bible says that Jesus would be known as the mighty God or the valiant, undefeated warrior who would fight for his people. Are you his people this morning? That's the Jesus that I serve. And there's a few things about our mighty God. Somebody say mighty God. That our mighty God is one, he's limitless this morning. You need to know that, that there's no limit to what our God can do. And there in the book of Mark, chapter 5, verse 21 through 43, I'm not going to read it for sake of time, but we all know the story. There's a story of a desperate father. Any desperate fathers here this morning? Or even mothers? Who comes to Jesus and he bows before Jesus and he pleads with him to heal his daughter who's dying at home. You all remember the story. And of course, Jesus being Jesus, he says, okay, let's go. And he goes and he agrees to go see the daughter of this man. But things happen along the way. He gets delayed. We all know the story. And by the time that he gets there or he's on his way, a servant comes out to meet them. And he tells the man that your daughter is already dead. But Jesus doesn't, doesn't really affect Jesus, right? Doesn't really make him uh, think twice, praise the Lord. How many guys thank God that Jesus doesn't have to think twice? And Jesus tells the man Something a little bit like this. I'm going to paraphrase here this morning. He says, don't worry. Just believe. And here this morning, God is probably telling some of you here this morning, don't worry. Just believe. He knows what you're going through. He knows how desperate you are this morning. But he says, don't worry. Just believe. You say, well, believe in what? Believe in who he is. He's a mighty God. How can you not believe in somebody who delivers drug addicts? How can you believe in somebody who doesn't deliver gang members? How can you believe in somebody who doesn't deliver all these guys sitting over here in these other rows right over here? I'm a product of the home. Pastor Darrell's a product of the home. 
Brother Greg's a product of the home. If this room is filled with products of mighty God working power sitting in this room this morning, how could you not believe? So they get to the man's house. And the Bible says that everybody's there crying and mourning. All these women are going crazy, right? But still, Jesus doesn't trip. How many know Jesus was cool? Or Nikki Cruz says, Jesus was cool. Right? Jesus was cool about it. He had, he had a level head, amen. That's what Jesus does. He came in, and he said, don't worry. It's okay. Just believe. And he kicked everybody out, amen. How many know that Jesus didn't need to do miracles in front of everybody? Right? He didn't need to do miracles in front of everybody because that's who our Jesus was. And he just spoke a few words. And lungs that had no air began to fill up. A heart that was stopped beating began to pump again. Can I hear an amen? Eyes that were sunk in and rolled back began to open up and have a brightness about them. Because why? Because he was mighty God. He told him, you just got to believe. See, our life is full of limitations. Can I hear an amen? Our life is full of roadblocks. Everywhere we look, people are trying to put boundaries on us. The world is what I'm speaking of. We go out into the world as Christians, as believers. The world tries to put roadblocks or limitations on us as people, as humans. Oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. Doctor says, can't get any better. Bank says, oh, no, you can't do that. You know, that's not, it's not within your power. You don't have the resources for that, right? It can't happen. That's the world that we live in. But truthfully, it's true. We can't do it on our own. We don't have the power. We are limitless. Somebody say Amen. We are limited within ourselves. But how many know that he's not limited? We're limited on what we know. We're limited on our strength. We're limited on our education. We're limited in our finances. We're limited in our insight. We're even limited in our resources. But Jesus, the mighty God, has no limits. He crosses every barrier. He crashes through every wall. There's nothing that can hinder him. Our God, our mighty God, can do anything. If you believe that, give my hand a praise. <coughs> it doesn't matter if people laugh at you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Somebody say it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter if people say it can't happen. It doesn't matter because I know that with Jesus, anything can happen. <clears throat> He's a mighty God who transcends time. He transcends space, hearts, money, obstacles, the economy, doctors, the paycheck. Oh, hello. The government, everything. Our God, our mighty God transcends all that. Nothing. Nothing. Somebody say Nothing. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, the Bible says, I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed I and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? That's mighty. He says, when I do something, nobody can change it. When I make something happen, Nobody can make it unhappen. Hello. Right? How many know we, other people make things happen and it gets unhappened? Right? It gets undone. But with God, when he does something, it can't be undone. Praise the Lord. That was for somebody in the home. Not only is our God limitless, but our God, our mighty God, cannot be held by rules. There's no rule that can hold or box in our God. Can I hear an amen? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. This is found in the book of Acts, chapter 3. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, and though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. He killed, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. 
And we are witnesses of this. Rules can't hold him. Because how many know that right there in that scripture, he was supposed to be dead. By all rights, Jesus should have been dead. But what I love about Jesus is that he defies everything that is supposed to happen. I was supposed to end up dead. There's a lot of people sitting in this room right now. You're supposed to be dead. Or you're supposed to be locked up in prison for the rest of your life. You're not supposed to be here this morning, I can guarantee you that. But because our God cannot be held by any rules, he changes what the world is suppo- says is supposed to happen. What the enemy had planned for you, Jesus changed it. Jesus turned it all around because Jesus doesn't operate by the rules. Hello. He's a rule breaker. Hallelujah. Kids, don't listen to that. Don't be rule breakers. Only Jesus can be the rule breaker. Amen. But God is a breaker of all rules. God, how do you know that as, as, as men, when we try to put him in a box, we try to put God in a box and say, oh, you got to do this and you got to be this way, God. You got to do this. God says, no, don't put me in a box. You can't put something that's limitless in a box. You can't do it. You can't hold him back. I don't care what kind of rule you come up with. You cannot hold him back. You see, even in the book, they conspired against him and they killed him. They thought that they had finished him, Right? They thought it was game over, story ended, do not pass go, do not collect $200. It was, they thought it was over. How do you know the enemy thought he had won? Hello, the enemy thought he had won. The enemy was like, I got him, I got this dude, man. He's hanging on a cross right now. How many know that he, no rules, nothing, even what the enemy thought he had done, even what the enemy did, he thought, you know what, I got him. Jesus still changed even that. Oh, I'm here to tell you this morning, God stepped in and turned everything around, turned everything upside down. He su- superseded their plans because he had a plan of his own. I mean, I'm here to tell you this morning that God's even got a plan for you. Whatever plan you might have for yourself here this morning, I'm telling you, God's got another plan. Whatever plan the enemy might have for your life here this morning, I'm telling you, God has another plan for your life. It supersedes any plan that you might have or any plan the world might have for you. I don't, how, I don't care how great you might think it is. Because you might have a great plan this morning. Man, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to go here. God says, no, I got a better plan for you. Somebody needs to get excited about that. <clears throat> it was resurrection power. Hear me this morning. It was resurrection power. And that's what the mighty God is all about. That's what mighty God is all about. When you call on the name mighty God, it's all about resurrection power, man. I'm telling you, we get power that is limitless. Power that not, cannot be held in a box. Amen. It can't be held in by four walls. Hello. We can't hold that power in this building. That's why we're Victory Outreach. Because we know this. We know we can't hold this and bottle this up. we got to be able to take it outside. Take this power outside these four walls. Because not even our rule, right? Some people try to, they try to keep God in a four-walled space. we got to keep him in here. Because we let him out, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, I'm telling you what's going to happen. You let God out of these four walls, man. We're going to fill this place up. You let God out of these four walls, man. Churches all over this city are going to get filled with people. Not just victory. It's not about us, but it's about God. It's about the power of God, what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Resurrection power. (coughs) Praise the Lord. See, he's all about taking the most difficult thing. Is there any difficult things in this room this morning? Hello, maybe it's just me. I know I was difficult. And I know some of the guys in the home are probably difficult right now. Praise the Lord. There's even people sitting in these pews that are a little difficult this morning. But it's okay. That's God's specialty. 
Amen. Look at the, look at, come on, now look at the 12 disciples. These guys were difficult. Fishermen are difficult, man. Right? Any fishermen here this morning? Whoo, we're difficult. Praise the Lord. But that's what he specializes in. See, the thing that we say is unchangeable and doing something amazing with it. God is going to take something that's unchangeable and he's going to do something amazing with it. That's for you guys in the home, man. Even maybe your own family tells you you're unchangeable. But I'm here to tell you, you serve a limitless God. You serve a God that's got more power than any, anything in this world. God can change you. He's going to do something amazing with you. Just got to believe. Just got to believe in mighty God. His specialty is reversing the irreversible. His specialty is fixing the unfixable. His specialty is doing the undoable, beating the unbeatable, saving the unsavable, changing the unchangeable. That's the God that I serve. Some of you need to, you guys got to get introduced to this God here this morning. Some of you guys might not know him like that. You know him as God. You know, what is that? No, you need to know him as mighty God. The one that changes the unchangeable. Does the undoable. Hello? Bottom line is, is this, that Jesus is not subject to the rules, man. Can't be held down by the man. Come on. Satan can't hold him down with his rules. Praise the Lord. Nobody can hold him down. No man, no court, no cross, no nail. Nothing can hold down our mighty God. Hallelujah. Nothing. Not even death. They killed him, put him in a cave, rolled a rock over the opening. Still didn't hold him down. He still got up and walked out. Come on now, give Jesus a hand of praise for that. Hallelujah. <coughs> oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to have AJ come right now. <clears throat> God is a God of limitlessness. God cannot be put in a box. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God owns Satan. Some of you need to know that this morning. God owns Satan. He belongs to him. And I'll show you what I mean. In the book of Luke, the Bible says, but if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. But when someone stronger attacks and overpowers him, he takes away the armor in which the man trusted and divides up the spoils. Basically what this is saying is that, of course, Satan, he's big, he's bad, right? So it looks all scary. He's tough until someone who shows up is even bigger and badder. Come on, some of you guys are from the street. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a lot of people out there think they're big and bad until somebody big and badder comes along. And that's Satan. Satan thought he was big and bad. He still thinks he's big and bad. Hello. That's how prideful he is. He still thinks he's big and bad. But how we know that our mighty God is big and badder? He owns Satan. And God is going to crush Satan under his feet. He already has. He's already done it. He's already defeated him. Some of you need to know that this morning. Whatever it is you're going through here this morning, God has already got the victory for you. He's already defeated Satan. We just got to walk in the victory. We just got to grab a hold of it. Some of us, the, the enemy just has us in a haze where we can't even see that victory, let alone grab it. And I think that's because we, we don't know who he is. We know God, yes, God, God. That's who we cry out to, God. But God says, I know what you're going through. I know exactly where you're at. What's 
me this morning. Is he your everlasting father? Is he your prince of peace? He's your Lord of lords. He's your redeemer this morning. Some of us, we just need a mighty God in our life this morning to make it through this holiday season, this Christmas season. Because it's tough. We need that Prince of Peace this season. Because we're going to go through things. And it's sad to say that even in this season, some of us, we think, you know, well, you know, it's that time of season I go through. People just, now they go through it this time of season. But I'm here to let you know that some people, their season lasts all year long. It's not just this season. It might start during this season, but next year, they'll still be in the same season. Because that's not God's plan for their life. Because they need to know him as a mighty God. The one who's limitless. A God who can't be put in a box and held down by rules. But a God who owns the enemy. He owns him. You can't let the enemy lie to you. You can't make him rear his head back and scare you and get you into that, that, that place of fear. That holds you and grips you during this season. Uh-uh. See, Satan threw his best shots. Amen. He threw, he threw his uh, I don't know, boxing, they, you know, the uppercut or the left, whatever it is. Whatever, whatever one Satan thought was his best one, right? He thought putting Jesus on the cross. That was his best shot. He said, I'm going for broke, man. I'm gonna put this guy on the cross. I'm gonna hang him there in front of everybody. That's what's gonna do it. But I'm here to let you know, even Satan's best shot wasn't enough. Satan's best shot wasn't enough. So what makes you think your circumstance is going to be enough? Your circumstance is not enough to take you out unless you let it take you out. Your circumstance is not this big. Satan couldn't take Jesus out. What makes you think your circumstance can? Oh, my circumstance is too big. Jesus is not. No. It doesn't matter. He threw disease at Jesus. He threw temptation at Jesus. He threw fame at Jesus. He threw the demon-possessed at Jesus. He threw the depressed at Jesus. He threw the hopeless. He threw the addicted. He threw hatred. He threw messed up religion. He threw political muscle. He threw false accusations. He threw storms. He even threw death at our mighty God. And mighty God beat them all. Come on, mighty God beat them all. My God swings for the fence. When Satan throws something at my God, he swings for the fence. And he knocks it out of the park every time. You got to believe that here this morning. Bow your heads with me here this morning. See, Jesus is the overcomer. That's why we're able to overcome. That means no matter what Satan may be throwing at you here this morning, doesn't matter what you're going through, as heavy as you might think it is, got to take yourself out of it. It's not about what you think. What does God think about your situation this morning? What does God think about the season that you're in right now? Who do you need him to be for you this morning? Do you need him to be your provider? Do you need him to be your deliverer, your redeemer? Do you need him to be your savior this morning? We need all, we need to be all that to us this morning. But I know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we all need him to be mighty God, especially during this season. Even if it's not just for ourselves, but for those people around us. When we have the power of mighty God in our lives, it seeps out of us. It begins to touch other people. 
begins to help them what they're going through. Begins to give them hope. Begins to give them a reason to go on in this season. But you got to call him by his name. You got to let him know, I know who you are. Because he's up there right now going, don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I can do? circumstance. God has no limit. Some of us say, you know what, I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning, God is waiting on you. God's waiting on you. God's never gone anywhere. God's never left, gone to another city, went to someone else's house. God has always been and he always will be in the same place. Waiting on you. Waiting on me. morning, if you're tired of waiting, you're tired of being in the season, maybe every year you come into the season, it's the same thing. It's like depression, oppression. You get down on yourself or, you know, your family, you're like, man, my family. You think about your loved ones that are out there still and you get in this mood and you just can't break yourself out of it. I'm here to tell you, you got to call upon the name above all names. The name of Jesus, the mighty God one who has no limit. And if you need that here this morning, I'm going to open these altars. I'm going to ask you to come. See, I know this morning we need that power. We need the power of God within our lives. There's no other power that's going to get you out of the season that you're in. You can't create this power. You can't manufacture the power. You need mighty God this morning. I need mighty God this morning. Hallelujah. As AJ begins to play, just come this morning.